Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to today's ODI Friday's Lunchtime Lecture. Uh, today's talk is going to be titled Making Local Delivery Safer, Cleaner and Healthier. And the talk today will be presented by Martin Howitt. Martin is the co-founder and technology lead for The Data Place, which is a Plymouth-based social enterprise and it's made up of data scientists, designers, community builders, and strategists who all combine uh, design tools with data methods to help people in places do better things with data. Martin today is gonna to be sharing some of the work his organization is doing uh, as part of the ODI Microsoft's peer learning network for data collaborations. And this is just one of the many collaborations between the ODI and Microsoft that is aimed at bridging the data divide. Before I hand over to Martin, there's just a few um, issues to discuss with everyone. Uh, the first thing is just to remind everyone, please, to keep yourself muted and your cameras off throughout Martin's presentation. Also, just to let everyone know that we will be recording this presentation. And lastly, as uh, Martin presents, if you have any questions, uh, please either post them in the chat or say them until the end of Martin's presentation. And then we'll have an opportunity to have a discussion and answer some questions uh, when Martin's presentation is over. So thanks, everyone, for joining. And Martin, over to you. Thanks very much, Jonathan. I'm just going to um, share my screen. Hopefully that worked for everyone. Um, uh, can everyone see that? Um, Jonathan, can you just verify that's worked? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. great. Thank you. So um, thank you very much for that introduction, Jonathan. The title of this talk is, as you know, uh, Making Local Delivery Safer, Cleaner and Healthier. And it won't surprise you by looking at the slide and the, to know that it's got something to do with bikes. Um, so good afternoon to you all um, from the rainy southwest of the UK. Um, my name is Martin. As, as uh, Jonathan said, I'm from Social Enterprise based in Plymouth um, in, called The Data Place. We're, we're a bit inspired by the Open Data Institute, really, and we exist to help a lot of organisations, big and small, with all manner of data-related things. Um, we particularly love to prototype new ideas, and Plymouth is a great place to run a social enterprise like ours. It's got a very strong community ethos in that respect, which is also um, quite a big driver for, um, for our collaboration. Um, so... Data Cargo is a collaboration between data people and bike people. Um, the logistics industry, I think it's fair to say, has probably had a, um, a slightly better lockdown than most, with lots of people ordering things online. Um, this, though, has resulted in a lot more vans and, um, uh, and delivery traffic than usual moving through our city centres. Um, our roads are, are choked with this, um, with, with pollution and with, with other types of traffic. And the current reliance on cars and vans furthers also furthers inequalities, social inequalities. Road traffic takes up space. It generates lots of uh, CO2 and diesel fumes, and this in turn causes public health problems. Um, we can't verify this statistic exactly, but we think that air pollution is linked to around one in 19 UK deaths. Um, most councils are now measuring air quality using static sites and the results aren't looking great. Beyond these figures, though, it's clear that large volumes of traffic aren't conducive to pleasant or safe city environments either. We think um, that e-cargo bikes have got huge potential in helping to transform the last mile of deliveries and keeping vans off our streets. They aren't the whole solution to this and they'll need infrastructure to succeed, but they're starting to gain quite a lot of ground in this space. 
e-cargo bike usage is, is growing very fast. Okay, it's growing fast from a small base, but it's still growing quite quick. And the UK does lag behind um, leading European countries in this regard. Um, but it's nevertheless um, an idea that, that's, that's starting to arrive on the streets in the UK. There are many reasons for this. I mean, they're affordable relative to cars or, or vans. Um, they provide a, a very carbon-friendly form of transport. Um, they're providing for healthy air, less vehicle traffic, more exercise, more cycle ownership. They're cheaper to purchase, operate and maintain, so they're more accessible for a wider range of people. No license is required to drive them. They take up less space for parking. Um, all in all, um, it's, it's a good thing. And the people that ride these bikes also report high levels of satisfaction. So yeah, people saying it doesn't register, it'll be hard work to cycle, and, and it won't be. Um, you, you point and, and you pedal to decide how fast you'll go. Not, 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 it's not really work as such in terms of cycling journeys are very pleasant using these bikes um people feel like report feeling like a superhero when they get on e-bike they can pedal up hills easily i can uh, i can testify to that having had a go on a few um and and cargo bikes can carry quite a lot of different things so newer cargo bikes are adaptable to a lot of different tasks and they can carry quite large loads we've worked with a, a local firm of um local kick that, that runs a bunch of beehives and they even carry full beehives on their cargo bike it's quite incredible moving deliveries to cargo bikes directly takes vans off our roads but it also means we need to adapt our urban infrastructure for more cycling um, in order to enable the sorts of infrastructure investments and policy changes that would accelerate the use of the bikes uh, we need better intelligence about their usage and the more we know about the challenges and opportunities um, that they have the more that we can support them um, there are devices for bikes out there already. Um, often they focus on the location of the bike and a sort of anti-theft device or their, their devices to, to understand how the bikes, is, bikes are performing. Um, we're, but we think that efficiency isn't everything. I mean, location tracking and tachometers, for example, well used in other forms of logistics. And of course, efficiency is important to businesses. But as we move to cycling as a, a more important commercial activity, we need to think about the people riding the bikes too. Many delivery staff are already working for algorithms and we don't want to simply transfer that culture to bike-based delivery networks. We want to think about all the working conditions that riders might experience because making this kind of work as pleasant and safe as possible is key to making it sustainable too. It's not too much to ask. Your workplace shouldn't kill you and your work should be as pleasant as possible. Follows that encouraging the use of these cargo bikes means paying attention to the whole experience that the rider has. So these are things like air quality, the road and surface condition, what other traffic is happening, are there near misses, um, is there noise or pollution, what are the light conditions like, can you see easily, um, what is the, as well as things that are also measured already like speed and effort and pedestrian safety. These things are all part of a, a much more rich um, kind of picture. We've always known this, this was an interesting area at the data place because we, we know that logistics are a very data rich area, but we hadn't had the opportunity to do anything with it. But then as a result of another social enterprise network program in Plymouth, we met with Gareth from Bikespace. He's managing a small rollout of e-cargo bikes in the city and together we hatched a small plan. 
We spent the last few months working with Gareth to try out different combinations of electronic sensors, connectivity and housing form factors. So the pictures you can see here on the left is our first prototype, which is coming, um, which is the, where the electronics are housed in a takeaway food carton. Um, and on the right um, is, is, a, is a later one, which is 3D printed and is housing all our sensors in there, plus a network connection. We've been successful extracting real-time data from the sensor kits. So our early attempts used LoRaWAN networks in the city and the Things Network that helped us aggregate the data with a real-time database backend, and it all ends up on a Grafana dashboard, um, something like the one you can see here. We're now doing more analytical work and producing different maps and graphs depending on the needs of the particular stakeholders, which I'm coming on to in just a second. So our first sensor kits in included humidity measurements, um, large, uh, medium and small particulate um, sensing, vibrations, temperature, pressure and humidity, and the location of the bikes, and also the network coverage that we had. We, we used this as a lever to build out more LoRaWAN infrastructure in the city. But since then, we've iterated the electronics, the connectivity, the data analysis, and the form factor too. So everything about this uh, early prototype has now changed. Um, this is a mock-up of the device we're currently building um, and the one that's in production at the moment. We want to add more UX features to this next so that it's easier to use and also to debug because when you're testing things, you need rapid um, information about debugging them. So now we've got that data, um, what do we think we can learn from it? Well, um, it's very much about rider experience rather than bike performance. And it's important for everyone on or near the road, not just cyclists. So things like pollution, not just what the air quality is like, but also is it worse at face height for cyclists or for wheelchair users or for children in pushchairs? Recording altitude can also tell us something about the bike battery, how much faster it drains if the bike has to climb a lot of hills. Um, Devon is notoriously hilly, um, but also how much the e-bike makes those strenuous journeys achievable for a wider range of people. I mean, given where we come from as a company, from the open data movement, we're well aware that you know, the most useful and most beautiful and most inspiring thing that could be built with this data might well be made by someone else. So while we know that we can generate lots of useful insights about the environment, health and road use, we also plan to open as much of the data as we can to allow others to see what they can do. Um, and so getting the best out of the data means getting the right elements of it into the hands of the right people whilst protecting the businesses and people that are creating and using it. Um, and so this is where the ODI peer learning network for data collaborations uh, came in. And the PLN is a group of six projects from different continents, including Plymouth, um, that are looking at how data collaborations, institutions, trusts or other governance structures can work in real situations like this one. We're undergoing a series of workshops and networking to learn from each other about the best ways to implement data sharing in our own situations. I think that other groups from this program will also be talking and um, doing ODI Fridays talks in the coming weeks. Um, PLN runs until the end of May. So far, our workshops have covered these four topics. There are also some open forum type events where we get to network and support each other. We've loved hearing about the range of products in the cohort, and, and we know you will as well. Um, I'm going to briefly run through a very high level summary of the workshops that we've covered and the content in them, just to give you a flavour of what you need to do to think through a data collaboration. Um, so we started with e mapping the ecosystem that was there. So there's a, um, a stakeholder and value network analysis type type of approach. The ODI have a, their own toolkit um, and we've used that to explore the ecosystem, better understand how different actors relate to each other and the critical value exchanges there. This, what you're seeing on the screen here is a snapshot of our take on, on the uh, 
OpenAI data ecosystem map, not going to unpack it in detail, um, but there's quite a lot of different actors in the system here um, from individual companies, individual citizens, through to councils and businesses. It's quite a, it's quite a rich picture. Trust is another uh, uh, factor that's really big in the program. We brainstormed the issues we might have around how trusted we and others are in the data ecosystem. We're very fortunate to have good relationships locally as part of a strong network of social enterprises in the city, but there are risks. What if the data is compromised, for example? Might people um, see us as value extractors if we, we seem to be selling the data rather than people who would be helping them with the data? We're very conscious of these things because of the social impact that, that we've, we focus on as a company. Another workshop we had uh, looked at techniques around um, how much of the data we collect is sensitive. At first sight, you know, delivery data is B2B and you wouldn't think that it was sensitive. However, the data might identify some commercial relationships. So who is supplying who with what, as well as the home locations of some delivery riders. Riders might not want their performance published either. We need to be careful of these kinds of sensitivities. And so our second workshop focused on privacy, anonymization, and trusted computing techniques, uh, ways that we can um, do, um, make the data a little bit less accessible to people um, when it comes to identifying individuals. Um, third workshop, um, and there, there's going to be one more after this one, um, which we haven't done yet, but that's focused on information governance in the ecosystem. So data sharing models, agreements and licensing. You know, lots of this is a bit, it's like a slightly more complicated than usual GDPR audit, really. You know, what data is being collected, who owns it, how and why it will be shared. These are common questions in data governance, but we have to start answering them for lots of different interacting stakeholders. And alongside the ODI programme, we're also doing our own research, of course, into the attitudes of the different stakeholders in the ecosystem so that we can then design a better product and design a better data collaboration. Because for us, the data collaboration is the product. So we've spoken with councils and cargo bike riders, cargo bike companies and businesses who use these bikes to deliver their services. Some of the data needs are part of bigger initiatives. Councils, for example, have healthy streets initiatives, you know, which, which are concentrating on all these sorts of topics. And it's not just about safety um, or, or health. It's also about how pleasant these places are to live in. These are important aspects for a lot of places. Data can help um, streets safer and more pleasurable, not just for the bike riders, but other cyclists as well, and pedestrians and cats and foxes. Um, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of road killing in some parts of the country on, on some roads, and uh, we feel that e-cargo bikes can help um, alleviate some of those sorts of problems too. There's a wider circle of interested parties um, who also want to get their hands on the data and or insights generated, and these people might drive positive change, so we want to engage with them as well. Campaigners for air quality um, and better road safety, for example, or civic tech coders and public health departments, all of these people are interested in that. So pretty well everybody who's got an, who's got an interest in this topic, um, and, and that's quite a large proportion of people. Uh, at the heart of our mar the market for our products are those who need the data for planning and investment. So councils who, who are planning local infrastructure and, local and doing local urban design, um, and then there are those who can produce it through using the bikes. So there's much more to the ecosystem that we want to explore. And that's going to be an ongoing thing for us as long as the project runs. 
different models for data sharing and use are absolutely vital to the project. They're not incidental to um, selling a widget to people. The ODI rightly stressed the importance of trust as a key quality in designing the best possible mutual outcomes. Um, with our research as a starting point and with academic partners, we're using platform design, other design thinking methods to explore this theme. Um, thinking about ways to make tangible different sharing models so we can test them. These models are built from research with stakeholders as well as looking into other models that are in use. We're starting to talk to some academic partners as well about how we connect up with similar initiatives in other sectors, such as food systems, to build more capacity around the use of these design methods in exploring the data sharing. Data ecosystems can be complicated and you know, these methods um, can be useful tools in helping people understand the ecosystems. So we would postulate, for example, that there's a data co-op in the center of the sharing model. And then we would think through the, the, um, the implications of that and test it out on the different stakeholders and, and the people that we have. Um, in the future, I mean, the current number of bikes is relatively small that we have, um, but as it grows, it will pose more than just an engineering challenge. There's going to be possibilities to use things like machine learning, predictive modelling on the data, use it to start exploring other aspects of the urban environment. So our collaboration needs to be ready for this when it happens so it can benefit um, and not be damaged from it. So what's next? Um, well, there's a huge potential for the, for the data ecosystem to continue to expand. So we want to continue to design the ecosystem so that more diverse participants can get involved and deliver even more value. So councils, delivery companies, public health, advocacy groups, code clubs, digital companies, anyone basically who is interested in this area and in the urban environment generally. Um, we're getting quite a few inquiries from people who want sensor packs for their bikes. Um, and the answer to that is yes, we're, we're more than happy to help. We're still in a testing phase. So we're able to create bespoke packs to support specific projects. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we want to scale the, the project in that way too. We have a lot of momentum. We may need a bit of extra further funding in order to scale the project more quickly. So that's something else that we're also looking to do. So um, nearly at the end now, um, so just to summarize what I'm, uh, I've said really, um, e-cargo bikes can play a major role in making our streets healthier and safer. The bikes have many other alternative uses as well. So you know, the school run, doctor's appointments, the weekly shop, for example. A well-designed data collaboration is essential to realizing all the benefits of this new local delivery ecosystem. More importantly, and most importantly, the people who we speak to ride these bikes absolutely love them and they love what they can do with them. We think that e-cargo bikes with, with a data collaboration can, can mean a better urban experience for everyone. Thank you very much and I'm, I'm going to stop sharing now and I'm able to take questions. Thanks so much Martin, that was, that was really great to, to hear what you're doing at, at the data place. Um, I mean I, I have a, a couple of questions to ask just while we wait. Um, see if there's any from the from the floor uh, my first question is i suppose thinking for people who are interested in doing something similar to what you're doing as a social enterprise and i've just been thinking that you've described the benefits of the data you're collecting be it environmental benefits mobility health for councils etc um, how do you at the data place go about engaging with these stakeholders and showcasing the value of the work that you're doing yeah, thanks. Um, well, we, I mean, we have good relationships with other social enterprises in the city. Um, uh, social enterprises tend to, t 
tend to, to link together quite easily and naturally. And so there's a there's a community of those people and there are existing business networks. And we work through other business networks too, things like the Chamber of Commerce um, and, and those kinds of bodies. And we also enjoy reasonably good relationships with the council um, and they've been collaborators on other projects too. So so we leave, we've, we've got a certain way by leveraging our existing networks of people. Um, when it comes to, to going into other areas, um, it's about it's about finding common ground with with, with other projects and, and and these kinds of networks exist in all sorts of places and it's very interesting to see that it's like it's a bit like the transition town movement. There's there there are pockets of this everywhere and all over the country in various places. So we're really interested in linking up with those kinds of projects too. Thank you, I think that builds onto a question that Hannah's asked. Um, she says, is there any interest in doing this in other locations? Yeah, we've, we've had some contact with um, some people in another city um, and, we've, um, uh, and we're in, we're in talks at the moment about how we can make that happen. Um, so, yeah, there, there is quite a bit of interest. Um, having Scaling it up means getting to a point of being able to manage things remotely in a more slick way. And so that's where we're currently focusing all our kind of engineering challenges. Great. I mean, uh, Martin's also something similar. He says, um, how many bikes are in the scheme to date? And have you looked or plan to look at any other data work such as this done in other countries where cargo bikes are more prevalent? And just um, in brackets, I'm guessing the, uh, the Netherlands, the likes of the Netherlands. Yeah, absolutely right. So, I mean, there is a, there is a, a, um, a scheme in um, the Netherlands called Sniffer Bikes, which do a bit of what we're, we're trying to do, minus the data collaboration. So, um, there, as you can expect, there are some areas where cycling is more of a thing, and they're, they're likely to be ahead of us um, just because of that. Um, at the moment, there are 26 bikes in the cargo bike scheme in Plymouth, um, uh, but we don't have um, sensors on all of them just yet. But we're working on that, working that through. And... Um, and, and solving the engineering challenges as we go. Great. Uh, I have another question, but if there's anyone um, of the participants that'd like to ask something, please feel free to either raise your hand or, or let me know. Uh, because in the meantime, I'll just ask my question. Uh, for you as an organization, being part of the ODI and Microsoft's Pillany Network, how has that helped you? And what's been the sort of most valuable thing you've gained from engaging with other organizations? Oh, oh, oh I mean, they're such a diverse group that um, it's been really interesting just to see how people approach things and, and how people approach the problems that they've got. And, and of course, there's a very big range of projects there that are represented and, and you know, some of that are adjacent to us. So there's um, a group called Mass Peer who are based in Scandinavia who are looking at mobility as a service data, which is very interesting to us as well. But we're, we're sort of, it's the kind of infrastructure or ecosystem that we'd sort of join onto the end of rather than um, overlapping with. Um, and and so we, we see how those challenges are being tackled in other areas. And it's really interesting for us. I, I suppose the network is also useful. I mean, we um, just just getting to know some of the people there and some of the, the other projects that happened, we wouldn't have found out about, we would never have found out about Open Data China, for example. They're a really interesting organization. Great. Thanks, Martin. I suppose I'll just give uh, one last chance for 
anyone to ask a question? No, I think I think that's it. Great, thanks. Thanks so much for your time, Martin. It's been really fascinating hearing the work you're doing. No worries. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the questions. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.